Section 41 of At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Maratha War by J. Henty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Esther Ben Simonides. At the Point of the Bayonet, A Tale of the Maratha War. Chapter 20. Home, Part 1. Harry, on arriving at the palace, at once went to the Raja's room. "'Well, Sahib, what terms does your general offer me?' "'Terms which, I think, sir, you will have no hesitation in accepting. "'Here's a draft of the treaty he proposes.' The Raja glanced at the document, which was written in English and in Marathi, for none of the general staff understood the Jat language. Harry saw at once that the terms were far less onerous than the Raja had expected. His face brightened, and the air of despondency that it had for some days expressed passed away. It is better than I had looked for, he said. As a rule, the English have not been merciful to those they have subdued. That the territory they gave me would be taken away was a matter of course. The sum to be paid is heavy, but, as they have given me time, I can manage to collect it without much difficulty. This is all that is demanded, and that they should hold Deeg and my son as hostage until the money is paid. It's fair and just. I thought that the conditions would meet with your acceptance, Raja and I may say that your kindly treatment of myself and my escort has gone some way in mitigating the terms that would otherwise have been demanded. But the general said that you must understand that he can make no further diminution of his demands, and that tomorrow he expects an answer, yes or no. I reply yes, at once, Major Lindsay. A load has been lifted from my mind. I shall still have my liberty, my capital, and my people, and I'm grateful indeed for the clemency that has been shown me. I relied somewhat upon your good offices, but had small hopes that, after what has taken place, I should be offered such terms. The Raja at once sent for his sons, of whom Harry had seen but little, for they were always on the walls, encouraging the troops, and seeing that the breaches were prepared, as soon as made. The Raja read to them the draft of the treaty. They, too, were visibly relieved, for they had talked the matter over with their father on the evening before, and had agreed that, probably, he and his family would be kept as prisoners in a fortress, that the fortifications of the town would be destroyed, and some nominee of the British government created Raja. The general has not said which of my sons is to be hostage? No, Raja, he left that to you. I may say that he took the same view of your position, as that which you yourself had explained to me, namely, that you joined Alcar simply from the apprehension that, if the English were defeated by him, he would next turn his arms against you. "'Which of you will go?' the Raja asked his sons. "'All expressed their willingness. "'Then I will choose my third son,' he said to Harry. "'The others will be more useful here.' "'Harry rode out early in the morning, "'with the news that the Raja accepted the terms offered to him. "'In an hour the treaty was written out formally, "'the general affixing his signature. "'Harry returned to the city, "'this time accompanied by a general officer, "'and both signed their names as witnesses to the Raja's signature. "'Some bullet carts, with chests containing the three locks of rupees,' were already in the courtyard, and with these and the Raja's third son, Harry returned to camp. The army afterwards started to meet Sindia, who had advanced with his army, with the intention of joining Holkar and assisting the Raja of Butpur. He had, for some time, been almost openly hostile, as in his relation, Bapiji Sindia, with a strong body of horse, to act in concert with the cavalry of Amir Khan and Holkar, and had sent letters to the government which amounted to a declaration of war. But when Holkar reached his camp a fugitive, and he heard that Bortpur had surrendered, he at once fell back, and endeavoured to make excuses for his conduct, 
alleging that papiji scindia had acted entirely without orders and that he had himself advanced only with the intention of mediating between the rajah of burtpoor and the english no one was deceived by his assurances but it was thought politic to pretend to believe them the marquis of wellesley's term of office had expired and a successor had come out with orders to carry out a policy differing widely from that which he had followed the latter had enormously extended the area of the british possessions in india the british troops had won a marvellous series of victories but this had been effected at an immense cost and so far the revenue drawn from the conquered provinces rarely sufficed to pay the expenses of occupation and management the treaties too that had been entered into with various rajas and chiefs might at any moment pledge the government into war in support of our allies and accordingly lord cornwallis was again sent out to carry out the policy of maintaining friendly relations with the native powers and of abstaining from interference in their quarrels with each other indeed a breathing time was urgently needed the rapid progress of the british arms had aroused a feeling of distrust and hostility among all the native princes and it was necessary to carry out a strong but peaceful administration in the conquered provinces to give confidence to their populations to appoint civil officers of all sorts and so to divide the troops that while they ceased to threaten any of the native powers they should maintain order in the new dependencies not yet reconciled to the change of masters or capable of appreciating the benefits arising from orderly rule accordingly scindia's excuses were accepted a considerable proportion of the dominion that had been wrested from him were restored and even holkar whose atrocious cruelties to all the british soldiers and officers who fell into his hands should have placed him beyond the pale of pardon was again invested with most of his former possessions with the object no doubt of counterbalancing scindia's power as had holkar been driven to take refuge in the north as a fugitive scindia would have become paramount among the Marathas. One of the last acts of the Marquis of Wellesley was to offer Harry a high civil appointment in one of the new provinces, but he declined it, upon the ground that he was about to apply for leave to go to England. He had, indeed, already formed the idea of quitting the service altogether. The presents he had received from Baji Rao, on his first arrival at Poona, and on being invested as Peshwa, and the still larger one that Nana Furnuese had given him, had been, for the most part, invested in the purchase of land at Bombay and the eight years that had elapsed the town had greatly increased in size and the land had been gradually sold at four or five times the sum it had cost and the proceeds sent to england harry was therefore a rich man he had been constantly engaged in service for nearly nine years and as he had never been settled long enough to have an establishment of his own his military pay had much more than sufficed for his wants and the large increase which he had obtained when engaged in civil or special duty had been entirely laid by there was then no further occasion whatever for him to remain in the service at any rate he had determined to obtain a three years leave and before the end of that time he could finally make up his mind on the subject a month therefore after the siege of Bordpore was concluded harry had an interview with lord lake and requested three years leave to go to england you have well earned it major lindsay your services have been very great and if the war was likely to continue i should have asked you to reconsider your request but as from what i hear a complete change of policy has been determined upon and it has been decided that there shall be no further extension of our territory there is likely at any rate for a time to be a period of peace the board of directors desire to consolidate the territory that we have gained and wish to abstain from all embarrassing alliances or from any meddling in the affairs of the native princes you who have been so long at Pune and understand the shifty nature of scindia holkar and indeed of all the native princes 
must know well that these orders are much more easily given than carried out if our restraining hand is removed we shall have scindia and holkar and the peshwa the rajas of arar kolapur and Bhutpur at each other's throats again they will treat our declarations that we desire peace only as a proof of weakness and may at any moment lie aside the private quarrels to unite against us and unlikely as it may seem at present my conviction is that there will never be permanent peace in india until our masters from cape Comorin to the borders of afghanistan it may be another half-century and will certainly only be after hard fighting but i believe that until all india acknowledges our rule there will not be anything like permanent peace within its borders i am afraid that it is so sir the only real sincere and honest man that i have met bent upon serving his country was nana Fernuise, and in consequence he was equally hated by the peshwa scindia and holkar i was certainly extremely well treated by the rajah burpur but this was no doubt largely due to the fact that he thought that if matters went against him his courtesy would meet would tell in his favour while ill-treatment or murder would have put him beyond the pale of forgiveness your application comes at a fortunate moment for i am sending a regiment of bombay cavalry back to the presidency and it will be well that you should travel with it through jaipur and ajmer to surat and so on to bombay which will save you a long journey unless indeed you wish to travel by way of the ganges i would much rather go to bombay sir i wish to visit the good people who brought me up i will ask you to allow alfazir abdul to go with me i don't know whether he will wish to take his discharge but i should think he would do so and as he belongs properly to the bombay army and is indeed a mahratta i am sure that he would prefer to settle there i will certainly do that and will see that the services he has rendered are mentioned in his discharge and i will myself write to the government of bombay saying that i had intended to grant him a small holding as a reward for his fidelity and asking that this may be bestowed upon him either in the concan or in some of the territory that we have become possessed of above the gouts abdul was greatly moved when harry told him that he had applied for and obtained leave you will take me with you master i hope i think abdul that you would do better to remain in your own country you would feel very strange in england among people none of whom speak your language you would also feel the cold greatly i would rather go with you sahib were i to go back to my native village i should find myself among strangers for i have now been nearly fifteen years away and what should i do without employment well we will think it over abdul lord lake kindly offered to write a letter in your favour to the government of bombay asking them to give you the charge of a village district which would keep you in comfort i should not be comfortable if i were not with you sahib well abdul we are going with the bombay regiment which starts to-morrow and shall travel through central india to surat there i shall leave them in the concan and cross the gouts to junir and pay a visit to soyera ramdas and sutdur and see them all comfortably settled and then go down to bombay so we shall both have plenty of time to think it over accordingly the next morning harry after saying good-bye to all his friends started the journey to surat was nearly seven hundred miles and was to accomplish without incident on their arrival at jawar they ascended the gout to trimbuck and then rode to junir and another half-hour took them to the farm harry was received with delight by its occupants it was six years since he had parted from his old nurse at bombay and he had greatly changed since then he was now a tall and powerfully built man and you are already a major as was your dear father she said after the first greetings were over it seems to me but a short time since you were an infant in my arms but what brings you here 
there is going to be a general peace for some time soyera and i have had enough of fighting and am on my way home to england where i hope to learn something about my father's and mother's families i have three years leave and i am as rich as i could desire to be possibly i may return here no more i shall grieve harry but it is natural for you to do so and i shall feel happy in the thought that you have become all your parents could have wished and that i have been the means in some way of bringing this about in all ways Sahara, i owe not only my life but all that i am to you had you been without friends i would have taken you to england but happily you were among your own people and have now been living with your good brother and his wife for four-and-twenty years and i can leave you knowing that you are perfectly comfortable and happy have you any desire to better your condition ramdas i owe you too so much that it would greatly please me to be able in some way to show that i am grateful for the shelter you gave me for so many years there is nothing ramdas said i have all that i can desire had i more i should have greater cares those who are rich here are not the best off for it is they who are squeezed when our lords have need of money my sons will divide my land when i die and my daughter is already married and provided for had i a larger farm i should need more hands and have more cares the bounty which you before gave me had gratified my utmost desires a messenger had already been sent off to Sufdur, who rode in the next day he too was well and comfortable and was viewed as a man of importance by the villagers harry remained there four days longer then bade farewell to those who had proved themselves his true friends and rode down to bombay on the road he had a long talk with abdul who remained fixed in his determination to accompany him to england if he would take him very well abdul so it shall be but if any time you have a longing to come back to your own country i will pay you passage and give you enough to make you comfortable for life harry remained but a few days in bombay wound up his affairs with his agent there and being fortunate in finding a vessel that was on the point of sailing took passage in her for england the voyage was an uneventful one they experienced bad weather off the cape but with that exception here it all canvassed till they entered the channel here they encountered another gale but arrived safely in the thames four months after leaving calcutta it was now january eighteen o six and after going with abdul to a hotel harry's first step was to procure warm clothing for himself and his follower the weather was exceedingly cold and although abdul had as he considered wrapped himself up in an extraordinary way he was unable to keep warm except when sitting in front of a huge fire is it always like this sahib he asked in a tone of great anxiety oh no abdul only for perhaps two months out of the twelve you will find it pleasant enough in summer and after two or three winters will get accustomed to the cold you had better not think of going out till you get your clothes i will have a tailor in to measure you i should say that it would be more convenient for you to take to european clothes you will not find them uncomfortable as you have for so many years been accustomed to uniform they are much more convenient for getting about in and you will not be stared at in the streets as you would if you went about in native costume however you can wear your own turban if you like abdul willingly consented to this proposal a tailor was consulted and suggested loosely cut trousers and a short jacket similar to that worn by the french zouaves and differing but little from that of the indian cavalry in this with the addition of a long and warmly lined cloak abdul professed his readiness to encounter any degree of cold as soon as his own clothes had arrived harry went to leadenhall street and sending in his card was shown to a large room where two or three governors of the company were seated considering the report that had been brought from india and the ship in which harry had arrived your name is familiar to us mr lindsay the gentleman at the head of the table said cordially you have been mentioned in numerous dispatches and always in terms of the highest commendation 
first by the governor of bombay then by the marquis of wellesley for the manner in which you secured the neutrality of barad during the mysore war then again if i remember rightly for obtaining concessions for our occupation of the island of singapore when we are in a position to undertake it he also sent us your report of that business by which it appeared that you had some extremely perilous adventures entailed by your zeal to obtain the rajah of johor's consent to the citizen sir arthur wellesley mentioned your name in his dispatch after a sigh and lord lake's dispatches make numerous mention of your service with him altogether i do not think that any officer has received such warm and general commendation as you have done thank you sir i have always done my best and have been exceptionally fortunate in being engaged in services that gave me an opportunity of in some degree distinguishing myself pray sit down major my colleagues and myself will be glad to know a little more about you when the governor of bombay informed us that he most strongly recommended you for a commission he mentioned that you were a son of major lindsay who with his wife was killed in the concan at the time of that most unfortunate and ill-managed expedition to Pune. we had never heard of your existence before had it been brought up before our notice we should of course have assigned a pension for your bringing up an education harriet his request gave a very brief outline of the manner in which he had been saved by his nurse who had taught him english and prepared him for entering the service when he came of age i returned to england he said partly to find out if possible any of my relatives who may exist on my father or mother's side i have no doubt that we shall be able to put you in the way of doing so doubtless at the time of your father's and mother's death we notified the fact at any rate to your father's family and received communications from them we will cause a search to be made where are you staying harry gave the name of the hotel we will send you word as soon as the records have been searched at any rate it is certain that the birthplace of your father and the residence of his father will be found at the time he obtained his appointment as cadet i have no doubt that the letter communicating his death was directed to that address the next day a messenger brought a note to harry's hotel dear major lindsay we found that your grandfather was a landowner in norfolk his address was parley house murdford the letter sent to him with the account of your father's death was answered by a son of his who stated that his father had died two months before and inquired if any news had been obtained of an infant who they had learned had been born some months before the murder of its parents we replied that the report to us had stated body of infant not found we at his request wrote to bombay on the subject the answer was as before that although the body of the child was not found with those of its father and mother no doubt whatever was entertained that it had been killed it was some days after the catastrophe happened before any report of it reached the authorities when a party of cavalry were at once sent out many of the bodies had been mutilated and some were almost devoured by jackals no doubts were entertained that the infant had been altogether devoured the remains were all buried at the spot where they were found and a stone was erected some months afterward by the officers of his regiment recording the deaths of major lindsay his wife and child at that spot end of section forty one recording by esther ben